This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. We're called the Beckinsale Society. Separately, we're very different. We like different things. We go to different schools and we have different friends. But one thing draws us together, the dark. Each week, we gather around these microphones to share our fears and strange and scary tales. It's what got us together. It's what keeps bringing us back. This is a warning to all who join us. You're going to have to leave the comfort of light and step into the world of the supernatural. Are you Whoa. afraid of bacon cell? Ah, you got the reference. Yeah. Yay. Hey, I knew that one. Do I get any points? Yeah. Yes, you do. Two points. Yeah. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, Haunted People and Things. <laughs> Spooky. Person, places, and things. Yeah. Thank you for all the comments that we received, including from Terry Ann Finley, who said, Guy. <laughs> guys. She meant guys. She meant guys. Uh, I have a story about a haunted boppet. You know, boppet. Boppet. Twist it. Twist it. <laughs> from a house cleansing I went to once. It was a little crazy. Bum, 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 crazy. Bum, bum. No, Teddy Swenson says the episode art is the stuff nightmares are made of. It's I love it. Us as Great dolls. <laughs> it's just us as dolls. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, Todd Callen says awesome list of nine tenths of the law movies. I saw Drag <laughs> Me to Hell for the first time about a week ago. It seemed kind of cheesy at first, and I was wondering why you guys liked it so much. Then I started to appreciate it once I finally realized it was a horror comedy. Yes, yes. yes it is. Yeah, it, the context is important there. It's like seeing Cabin in the Woods and going, "Is this taking itself seriously?" No. No. And then Chidwick6 on Twitter. The listener. The listener. Capital L, listener. Legit got creeped out by today's episode of Bacon Sale. Absolutely loved it. Those paintings, Joel, brought up our terrifying yeah. and i agree i was yeah. doing i mean you heard i was doing it on the episode and i i recommend if you didn't do it then you can do it now but as we mentioned something just go look it up because even really even looking up at something innocuous as the as the hope diamond it just gives you a visual of like so, oh but only, sincerely only the, do it today because it's halloween it's, if you're halloween. listening to this on the day it airs yes yes you you make me feel like it's halloween oh yeah. you as well until tomorrow he's your muse mm. yes as as true as it is well we're ending the spooky season today on Halloween, and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled Bacon Cell program. You can do it in creepy voice. I will remember you. Yes, we're going to turn on the lights in the Bacon Cave, get things back to normal next week, but we want to get one less spooky episode in and then have it awkwardly be on your feeds for the rest of the week as after Halloween's over. But it's okay. We'll be fine because we have you, the listener, and we have new patrons. Yes, we do. Thank Jana you. Martin. Welcome, mm-hmm. welcome. You're right, here outside listener. of Utah. Martin. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> you, did the, you did the Utah thing, which is fine. It's our, it's Martin, our, Mountain, it's our local dialect. I mean, I thought that, but I wasn't going to say it. Joel's spicy. <laughs> Jana Martin. Had some Mountain Dew. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Thank you. You know, we do appreciate your patronage. Yes, we do. Thank you to all our patrons. It helps us do these kind of crazy things we enjoy doing and it helps support us uh, yeah. here on Bacon Cell. We and she'll be it. getting the weekly picking bits. Yes, mostly. yes, yes, yes. That's Sometimes semi- weekly. Mostly weekly. Sometimes Let's not video. commit to that. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while a video. Right. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We're talking about spooky stories. Now, we've done stuff like this before. Four years ago, actually. It was four years ago? Four, four years ago. Years. Wow. Why did we wait so long? It it's, didn't go so well. <laughs> it's a bacon stale story term. Yeah, but we reached out to you, the listener, and said, hey, send us your spooky stories. Real? Uh, made up? Doesn't matter. Yeah. We want to hear what you've got to give us. And we got a lot of submissions. Probably and, more we're going to get through in one episode. Yeah. I'm going to say definitely more than we're And we're sorry through. if we don't get to your story. Yes, even if we don't read your story here in the episode, know that we read... Every story that came in. Yes. We did. Now, we're very scared. 
Not because it's Halloween, but because of some grammar. No. So <laughs> what the, the thing is, we're going to read your stories as is. We're going to add some scary music. We're going to make some slight like story commentary. Some of these are movie story pitches. commentary. Yeah. If they submit it to Bake It's All, they have to know it will probably be mocked at some slight point. mockery, slight mockery. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Some slight mockery. And some of these are movie pitches. Some of these were real stories. And so, yeah, we just have it all here. So. We're going to share your stories, give you some credit where it's due. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to take turns reading. So hopefully you enjoy because it's your fault, listener. Do we need to talk about content warnings, Joel? Uh, Maybe minor content warnings. I mean, these are spooky stories. They're going to scare some people. Religion is scary for a lot of people. It does. There's some people. I was going to say people have religious stories to tell. Yeah, very much so. Sometimes those are terrifying in the moment. But yeah, and they um, are contained therein. Yes. This day. So that there's there's some of that. So if you have kids in the car, this could keep them up at night with nightmares but we're Yo, not gonna say anything they, graphic they right? haven't been listening all month <laughs> that's true this story is, this the howling party playlist october is not carpool month for bacon sale <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah but uh, yes we're gonna take turns reading these uh, let's uh let's dim the lights even more and, and set the tone a bit and ken if you could cue in some scary music starting here and uh kick off our first story he's not gonna do it i'm gonna do it it's already done Oh, that sounds good. Listen to that. Good job. Thank you. I'm hey, impressed. Is that from the ring? <laughs> it's Paco Bell's canon, actually. Oh, oh. that's everything. <laughs> All right. Our first story is actually a repeat storyteller. What? Uh, it's Todd Callen. Todd. And four years ago, he told us a story about a, a worker in a dementia ward. And this was a very famous story that we told four years ago because this was where we coined the Shakus. Shakus. And if you haven't heard that, Go and listen, because <laughs> it's kind of funny. We're going to hope this one stands on its own, because we're not going to go back and talk about what happened previously on Dementia, <laughs> but this is Dementia. Because we forgot? Yes, we did, <laughs> no. because we have Dementia, no. Volume 2. Dave was a physical therapist at the Stonehaven Assisted Living Facility. Sahalf, as some people call it. <laughs> yep, it's very memorable. Sorry, sorry. He, he, yeah, no. He, no, look, that's fine. Interrupt as you Spooky. will. So scary, so scary. <laughs> he had just finished seeing his last patient for the day in the Alzheimer's unit. As he was packing up to leave, he heard a faint chanting coming from one of the rooms down the hall. It was coming from the room of a resident named Geraldine. As he got closer to her door, he started to make out what she was chanting. F-L-E-S. Fles. I think. No, you say F-L-E-S. It's spelled out like an F-L-D-S. No. Dave thought, what the heck is Fles? And it it, it is written Fles in that instance. Yes. Yes. But no, she wasn't saying Fles. She was saying the letters F-L-E-S. She just kept chanting it over and over. Dave shrugged it off and thought, well, I'm in the memory unit. Not everything they say is going to make sense. He started to walk away. But just then, Geraldine let out a high-pitched scream of F-L-E-S! 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 There's, yeah, you did the explanation. There's exclamation points. Uh, yeah, did I, did I, did I, did I, did I, well enough? Because it went Ruff? zero, really good. zero exclamation points, one yeah. exclamation point, two exclamation points. Are the neighbors points. awake now? Like Possibly. that time that Zach screamed <laughs> outside the window? <laughs> that depends. Is, that, in the is the little girl in the white dress standing out there? Oh, your, is no. that your neighbor? Not no, again. That happened last week, remember? Just, yeah. Just the cat. It was so loud and piercing that Dave was worried for Geraldine's safety. He ran into her room to check on her. She was sitting up in bed, just screaming louder and louder. F-L-E-S! And then suddenly... <laughs> Why do you got to say it like that? Because it sounded like Willow for some reason. And then suddenly she collapsed back on her pillow. Dave rushed to her side. Geraldine! Geraldine! She was unresponsive. Dave cried out for help. Help! In no time at all, Nurse Florentina was at the door ready to help. As he started to tell Florentina... Florentina, Geraldine, these are some very yeah. interesting names. As he started to They're tell her... old Kent. <laughs> 
What happened? Geraldine grabbed him by the collar and with a blood curling scream right in Dave's face, she gave out one final F-L-E-S. <laughs> there's, there's no exclamation point there. F-L-E-S. It is capitalized. Collapsed again. Florentino rushed to check her pulse. Geraldine was dead. Oh. Dave spent the next hour filling out an incident report and talking to administrators. Oh, that's the scary about part. what happened. Ooh, paperwork. <gasps> Be here all night. Give it a chance. Let it get scary. He asked scary. around if anyone had heard her chanting like that, or if they knew the meaning of the letters. But nobody had an answer. Hmm. Dave went home that night, but he couldn't get those initials out of his mind. Yeah. He spent a few hours perusing the internet, but found nothing promising. What could it mean? He thought. Was it the pin to her ATM card? Nice. Was it another language, like French? Your <laughs> letters, or was it complete? Or was it F-L-E-S. just complete nonsense? It's well, the uh, auto parts for less on the stock exchange. <laughs> <laughs> he got up to investigate, and as he got closer to the front door, he could tell it was a voice. He put his ear to the front door and suddenly felt a pit in his stomach. It was undeniable. The pit was? Yeah. <laughs> F-L-E-S. He opened the door to find that there was nobody there. And the chanting had stopped. He screamed, What is F-L-E-S? He searched the yard and the rest of the house, but found nothing. He tried to go to sleep that night, but just tossed and turned for what felt like hours. Once he finally fell asleep, he woke suddenly to the creaking sound of his bedroom door opening. He immediately shot up to find a shadowy figure standing at the foot of his bed. Why is it always the foot of the bed? I don't know. Geraldine? Dave asked with a crackly voice. Lightning flashed from outside. Guys, lightning flashed from outside. <laughs> Sorry. Illuminating his room enough to see that F-L-E-S was written in blood all over his walls and uh-huh. ceiling. But even more terrifying was the glimpse he got of the woman standing before him. I would not be looking at the walls. Uh-huh. I'd be looking at the woman at the foot of my bed oh. that I didn't want there. And... Uh, <laughs> Family friendly. <laughs> it was most definitely Geraldine, except her eyes were all black and her skin had a grayish tone. Oh. In an instant, Geraldine had leaped in onto the bed and just like she'd done before, grabbed Dave by the shirt and with a deafening scream let out F-L-E-S as she screamed an unnatural volume of saliva sprayed across Dave's face, momentarily blinding him. He wiped his face with his sheets and upon opening his eyes, she was gone along with the writing on the walls and ceiling. <laughs> He returned to work the next day with bloodshot eyes and a general disheveled appearance. Yeah. Not even a full day had passed, but everyone at work had heard about Geraldine dying in Dave's arms. All of his coworkers asked how he was doing. <laughs> Wait, scarier? Far away from here. But they didn't really need an answer from Dave. Just looking at him, they all knew that he was a mess. Yeah. He went in to see his first patient, who just happened to live in the same hall as Geraldine. As he approached her room, his heart started pounding. His palms started sweating. Mom's, Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Slight mockery. Bomb spaghetti. <laughs> and with each step, he felt more and more lightheaded until he collapsed on the floor. He awoke to Florentina, the nurse, checking his vitals. What happened? Asked Dave. You passed out. I think you're having a panic attack, said Florentina. She helped Dave get up and sit in a chair. Wait right here, Dave. I'll be right back. Don't ever say that. She came back with a glass of water and t- with two pills. Take these, Florentina directed. Dave, still a little disoriented, did as he was instructed and swallowed both pills. As he did so, he looked at Florentina's name tag. It said Florentina. E. F. E, he thought. Florentina. What's your full name? She hesitantly responded. Florentina Estrada? No. Are you your full call? name? Dave demanded. She responded. Florentina Lorena Estrada Salazar? Dave Why under his breath. Why did you do an accent? <laughs> Hold Dave, on. Who is this person? Dave under his breath said F-L-E-S. He looked slowly up to see a sinister smile on her face. What did you just give me? Dave demanded. It doesn't really matter now, said Florentina. Dave's head started to pound and his ears began to ring. 
His vision became blurry and his speech slurred. He started to feel confused as he suddenly couldn't remember who he was or what he was doing. All he could manage to think or say were the letters F-L-E-S. Whoa. uh, I was going to say, what you don't know is if you spell F-L-E-S backwards, you get self. <gasps> Maybe he That's was the Florentina. scariest thing of all. <laughs> the real Florentina is the dementia so, we got along now he the did way. Say, uh, <laughs> th- thank you, Todd, for Dementia Volume 2. That's the end of the story. But he wow. did say that he yeah. was, when he was working as a PT in, Al- in an Alzheimer's unit, he actually did hear a patient repe- repeatedly yelling F-L-E-S over and over for at least five minutes straight. And then he said he went in to check on her and she just had a blank stare on her face, chanting those letters to no one at all. No, thank you. And so he based the story about that. All right, good story. Creepy. So this next story is from Scott Sprague. Nice guy. Uh, I, I, he's a yeah, good he's guy. Good he's a good guy. And he's, yeah. I'm just going to read this as he wrote it. He said, the following story is based on an episode from the podcast Radio Rental. It is not my story, but I did add to it. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. Radio Rental is a real podcast. All right. So he's not just making that, that up. That would be scary. Yeah. Right before my senior year of high school, my family moved from Green Bay, Wisconsin to Minden, Nevada, Minden is about 30 minutes east of Lake Tahoe. That's nice. And about 15 minutes south of Carson City. That's, that's nice. My relatives live in Carson City. Oh, yeah? That's mm-hmm. nice. Not scary, but nice. Yeah. Isn't that the city Jackie Chan wanted to go to? <laughs> what? Shanghai Island. What? <laughs> Needless to say, there wasn't a lot going on in the town where when I lived there. That's up to you. You make things happen in yes. your town. So yeah. Don't blame it on the town. Okay. I took a job working at a small mom and pop pizza shop. The shop was kind of in a commercial business area. After 5 p.m., the only people in the parking lot were people coming to the pizza place. All other businesses had shut down for the day. Even then, the pizza place was about one mile off the main road, so no one but people coming and going from the restaurant would be around after 5 p.m. People at the pizza place. Mm. I was new to the area, didn't have many friends yet, so I had no problem closing the place down at 9 p.m. on Friday and Saturday nights. It was usually pretty dead after 8 p.m. I was the only employee, but I usually didn't mind. One night, though, right before closing, a man came in and definitely gave off a weird vibe. Something was off with him. I heard him come in because the door had a bell on it. When he came in, he just stared at me Mm -hmm. with his hands behind his back. Mm -hmm. I said hello, but he just continued to stare at me. With the way he was looking at me and standing, I thought I was going to get robbed. Maybe he had some sort of weapon behind his back or something. Mm -hmm. I asked him what I could get for him, and he spoke. He wanted to be ball sub sandwich. Ooh, the end. Oh, but it was closing time and we had already turned off the hot trays. Did that get a tier one? What? At Subway? Meatball? Uh, possibly. Don't get the meatball salad, though. No, it's terrible. No, horrible. Okay, here we go. I started making the sandwich for him, but I didn't take my eyes off him. I didn't know what he was up to. I just knew that I was scared. You can't trust people to get meatball subs. <laughs> when the time came... I get meatball subs. <laughs> a C? When the time came to ask him if he wanted the sub toasted, which leads me to believe he may be working at Quiznos, but he said it wasn't. You worked at Quiznos. I did work at Quiznos. That's why, that's why I related to this story. They got, they, I, I was, <laughs> they got a pepper bar. They got a pepper bar. And pony rice. I was hoping he would say no because that meant I would have to turn my back on him for a minute if he got it toasted. Of course, he said yes. I awkwardly tried to put the sandwich in the oven while still looking at him, but it didn't work. I dropped the sandwich and, of course, bent down to pick it up. Terrified to see where the man was, I slowly stood up, mm. only to find that he was gone. He was in the toaster. It, it made no sense. If he left, I would have heard the bell on the door, but there was nowhere else he could have gone. I ran outside and no one was there, and there were no car lights anywhere. The man had completely vanished and left me feeling extremely uneasy. There's no way he could have walked. 
It took a few weeks for me to get over that feeling of uneasiness until one day a different man came in around the same time of night. Mm -hmm. The man acted exactly like the first man, staring at me with his hands behind his back, but looked very different. It definitely wasn't the same guy, but the feeling I got was the same. Even though I knew what the man wanted, I still asked. His response? He wanted the meatball sub. Mm. Everything about the man's order was the same, including the uneasiness I felt while making it. But when I asked if he wanted the sub toasted, he told me no. Oh, and I was relieved. Wait, who doesn't toast I am a meatball? Starting now, never toasting again. <laughs> so We're just going to lock eyes. At the time, tax was different for an untoasted sub versus a toasted sub. So whenever we rank someone up, we were instructed to say out loud if the sub was toasted or not. Toasty! <laughs> so when I rang this guy up, I said it was untoasted. I think he took offense to that. He said something like, you think I'm getting this sub untoasted because it's a few cents cheaper? I told him no, and that some people were caught off guard because the tax was different. So we were taught to verbally confirm the order at checkout. He still seemed annoyed, but went ahead and paid. He opened the door to leave, turned around and said, you know why I didn't want the sandwich toasted? Because I didn't want you to drop it again. Ooh, <laughs> different. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> now, I guess I was going to say, I, I want to know what the story is here because it wasn't the same guy. So, but he's a shapeshifter. You think the, that's what it is? The real meatball sub. Somewhere or maybe he just... Customers we met along the shaved? way. Shaved? Got a haircut? Like Two bits? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. Toasted subs. Spooky. Uh, this next story is from Mary Cox. Hey, Mary. Thank you. Oh, how we know Mary? She's nice. And she opens it in Jacob style, which I appreciate. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm really excited about the story. Hey, guys. So I actually had something creepy happen to me last night. Let and me give you a little context. This is right after we asked for the story. Me. And it was the night, like, this, this just happened. Okay. I work graveyard shifts at a local hospital. When I got off work yesterday morning, I took my car, a mid-sized SUV, to get the tires rotated. I filled them up with gas and I drove them through the car wash. Him. It, the cars they him. Yeah. Sure. I always do that to cars. I then came home and got on with my day. Last night, I ended up getting to the hospital a little early, so I thought I'd lean the seat back in my car and take a short nap before my shift started at Ooh, 11 p.m. Don't you hate that? Because then people clap on the windows? No. Yeah. Do that? That's awful. I put my sunshades on the windshield for a little privacy, and my windows are fairly tinted. So I didn't feel too exposed, and I was able to sleep for about an hour. Well, it's a nice little nice. power nap. Probably a little long for power nap. <laughs> <laughs> she was tired. When my alarm went off and I got out to walk into the hospital, I noticed two large handprints on my otherwise clean car. Mm. The right hand on the way back window splayed out and the left on the driver's side center window slightly curved in. What? As if to shield one vision from the bright lights. Because the driver's seat was leaned back, it sure seems like someone put their hands on my car and their face up to the window right next to my head in all caps to watch me while i was sleeping thankfully my doors were locked and they didn't wake me up which i'm sure they would have if they tried to open the door but still shudder happy spooky season boys thanks mary Mary. i don't like that no but here's not at all here's the thing though here's the thing is she actually posted on Twitter, she sent to us as well, a picture. She took a picture of the window. Yeah. And you can see the handprint just sprawled mm-hmm. out the ha- on the window. And I was like, 
Oh, that is terrifying. I don't like that. Well, nope. The, the thing nope, that, nope, nope. I, I don't like what happened. Yeah. But the thing I like about that story, it's a true to life story that gave me the willies. And yeah. It wasn't even like, you know, super ghost or supernatural or anything like well, that. But it's just and, and we're in the season already where we're talking about scary stuff all month. Yeah. You watch some scary movies and then some creeper does something like that. Yeah. It makes it so much worse. Creepy. But better for our entertainment. All right. The next story is kind of long. And guys, it's by Reed Cutler. He's 10 years old. And because you're gonna mock a ten-year-old? No, because I'm so honored to have listeners this That's young. That's great. I think it's great. You encourage the creative writing of a and I think listen to this episode, they'd heard all these other creepy stories. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, that's Drew's fault. Ah, so, uh, and we have we actually have hashtag a parenting couple stories from the family. But I'm really excited to read yeah. this story. So I'm gonna tell it as gravely as I possibly can. Spooky. The story is called Skeleton Sam. <laughs> Spooky. All one word? Yes. All one word. Huh. That was actually going to be the name of our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but gonna, we it, like meat. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Not bones. Yeah. yeah. It is October 30th, the night we, me, and Stephen are going to Jacob's Haunted Manor. It was abandoned over 100 years ago. When we arrive, I see an iron fence and a crumbling stone house. Everything is overgrown. I approach the gate. Good writing for 10-year-olds so far. Right. A gust of wind opens it with a loud creak. Come on, there's nothing to be afraid of, Stephen. I open the door to a cavernous room with a stairway on each side. Ahead, there's a stairway going down. Do we go down or up, says Stephen. We go up, I reply. I get to the top and ask, what's taking you so long? Stephen yells, my foot went through the old stairs. I need some help, sore. Ah, thunk. Ow. What happened, Stephen? Are you okay? My foot went through and then I fell. I'll be up in a second. There are 10 hallways with 10 rooms along each hallway. Creepy. I run inside a room thinking it would be fun to play hide and seek here. What are these guys doing? This is not okay. No. Drew. Hey, there's a hundred rooms kids. in this creepy house. Let's play hide and seek. <laughs> Let's play hide and seek. I turn around and there's a clear crystal ring with a dusty skeleton costume. Putting on the costume. What? <laughs> I hear Steven calling me. Hold on. You don't put on costumes immediately when you see them <laughs> in, in, a, in one house? of the 10 rooms in the 10 hallways? In, in a hundred year abandoned house? I quickly grab the ring and open the door. Ah! Huh. Skeleton! Screams Stephen. It's just me. I've got a costume here. <laughs> I love how he screams skeleton. Skeleton! That's great. I don't really want to tell him about the ring yet. There's nothing up here. Let's go down. I start descending the stairway. Then I notice the door is open. And I'm pretty sure Stephen closed it. Did you close the door? Yes. Why? Because. Ooh, this is really creepy. How about we go home? Good, Good idea. idea. Page two. Or sorry. Night two. Next night. It's Halloween, 7 a.m. Wake up, it's Halloween. Huh, what? I'm tired, go away. But Soren, you, you still need a costume. Okay, fine, I'll get up. And I think I know what I'm gonna be. What are you gonna be? Remember what I found last night? The skeleton costume? Yeah, what about it? I'm gonna be that skeleton. Mm. Bad idea. Bad idea. Later that night, 8 p.m. I'm ready, you ready? Yes. What neighborhood are we trick-or-treating? How about the one near the graveyard? What are the decisions these guys are making? Kids. Black Brick Road? Yes. We get there and we start away from the graveyard. Trick or treat. After about 50 houses, we're at the graveyard. 50? Uh, yeah, 50. It's a lot of houses. These kids got goals. Yeah. Dad tax on this one. At the last house, I put on my ring and hold out my bag. A ray of moonlight hits my ring and then bounces th off the ring to add a huge gravestone with a skull imprint on it and a skeletal hand reaches out of the ground. Ah! Skeleton! <laughs> Steven turns and sees the hand. That's kind of his thing. That's his tagline, guys. Skeleton! Ah! Skeleton! More keep coming out. No! 
I pull out my phone and turn on some music for my thriller playlist. If How old are these guys? Because they shouldn't have phones if they're 10. The skeletons are doing a jig now. Some of them are even shooting arrows. Spooky, scary skeleton. <laughs> Let's run, Soren. I run into an alley with Steven and say, what do we do? I have an arrow in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a traveler like you. <laughs> what just happened, Soren? And where'd you get that ring? He's got an arrow in his leg. Don't ask about the ring. I got it in the manner, I reply. And then I see a skeleton peek in the alley. Ah, skeleton! Oh, he didn't say skeleton. I, was I can do it every time if you no, like. No, but you've got to read it as written. I was hoping it'd be a catchphrase. <laughs> On the other side of the alley, I see another skeleton. We're trapped. Come, Soren. I may not be able to carry it, but I can carry you, Soren. <laughs> Steven picks me up and runs out, crashing into a skeleton. Then he runs home with me in his arms. What do we do? We go back. What do we do, Sam? We go back to the manor, except this time we go downstairs. Hop in the old wheelchair. Old wheelchair? Why are there all these weird things? And I can push you until we get there. It's a bumpy ride, but we get there okay. We're here, I think. You can walk now. I climb out and open the manor door to a black dog. The dog starts descending the stairway to a basement full of armor and weapons. Wow. We need as many people as we can get to fight. Let's ask around for fighters and bring them here. I'll stay and give out weapons. What? Later that evening. At 10 p.m. Here, Bill. Here's your 30th person. Steven comes. That's all you got? Yep. Hope it'll do. <laughs> okay, hold on. P P O O O S R R R R P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P P we do that perfectly. Coast is clear. Do it now. I rush into the open and place it in a position. Then a ray of light hits my ring and the skeletons crumble. <clears throat> ah! Ground is swallowing the skeletons. Ah! The ground is swallowing the skeletons. Run! It can swallow us. My foot is stuck. Help, Ste Steph. Oh, ow! The ground twists my ankle. Come. Let's hurry out. The next morning. at 7 a.m. Oh. That was awesome, but horrible. Let's never do that again. The end. Wow. <laughs> Reed, wow. well done. Thanks, Man. Reed. Reed wow. I'm, I'm still concerned. I'm worried about the parenting. This is like a Dora story where kids are just doing whatever they want. I'm honestly worried. Did he ever get the arrow out of his leg? <laughs> that wasn't an issue. Because he had an arrow in his leg and he's like, I'm still going to continue this. I'd be like, I have an arrow in my leg. I'm going home. Should we do that again tomorrow? I, w I would have done this adventure, but I got an arrow to the knee. <laughs> exactly. Well played. Thank you. <sighs> Beat that, Joel. Beat it. What if I match it? All right. Let's hear it. And I'm going to read the other Cutler Boys story. Oh. The Book of Bacon Sale. Okay. By oh. Brecken Cutler. Age oh, we don't 13. hate this. 13, it, okay. Age is, 13. Is this also a series of journal entries? Yes, it is. Oh, nice. So uh, here we go. October 31st, 2022. So are you still coming to the house with us? Kent said. <laughs> yeah, seven, right? Jake replied. <laughs> yep. Who said yep? That's, it's you. <laughs> okay. You have the raspy kid voice. Jacob has the Gomer Pyle type voice. Got it. Oh. I think I can make it. I just need to check with mother. Mother. Kent, Joel, and Jake got into the Where's house. Where's Zach? Hold on. I'm coming. Kent, Joel, and Jake got to the house at 730, later than they planned. All three of them stood by, their bikes at the gate for a moment, taking it in. The fence was made of iron, and it looked like it was made of old spears. The garden was ancient. It looked like it had never been mowed. You don't, well, you don't mow gardens, so that makes sense. <laughs> The house itself you was can rotting. Mow parts. That's true. And they do call gardens like backyards in England. Maybe do they? Is, is, is that true? Is Brecken British? Frankly. Yeah. There's a girl in the garden. Uh, anyway. Oh, there's a girl. 
The garden was ancient. It looked like it had never been mowed. The house itself was rotting and falling apart. Well, let's go. Oh, Joel your said. voice is really handsome. It's me. That's not cool. The trio walked up to the door. <laughs> do you want to open it? Do you Jake asked Ken. <laughs> oh, that's clearly no. Jake. Do you? <laughs> I'll do <laughs> it. Become a gnome. <laughs> I'll do it, Joel said, and he stepped into the door. He put his hand on it, and the door creaked open. <laughs> October 31st, 1922. Is that a typo? 100 years before. No. Okay. Oh. Zach drove his horses down the road oh. to his new house. Lord Zachary. His Ho- house. Horse? I have horses? Finally, he had saved up enough money oh. to buy something better. Mustang. He stopped oh, at the yeah. gate for a moment, taking it in. The fence was made of iron poles that looked like they could hold out an intruder fairly well. The garden was freshly cut, and there were flowers and welcoming him inside. The house itself looked freshly painted and inviting. Guess I should see how the inside is, no. he said. <laughs> he said as he walked into the door. His dog, Cruz, jumped up and jumped Cruz. down from the cart to follow him. Do you want to go inside? Zach asked. Arf! Cruz barked, <laughs> wagging his tail. <laughs> Cruz doesn't say arf. He definitely doesn't say arf. He goes, <laughs> it's like he's dying. I can't breathe. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Zach stepped up to the door and opened it. Back to October 31st, 2020, 2022. The door swung open, revealing a dark hallway, and, kid, and the kids stepped inside. Three flashlights turned on simultaneously, and their owners saw three doors, one in front of them, one on the right, and one on the left. The door at the end of the hallway had a doorknob of a hand holding a ball. The door on the right had a lock, and the door on the left had claw marks on it. Which one do you want to go into first? Ken asked. That one, I guess, Joel said, pointing to the one with claw marks on it. You would. Okay, let's go. Jake was interrupted by the front door slamming closed behind them. The trio screamed in unison. Well, um, I guess let's go. <laughs> Jacob was interrupted again by, G words. By, by a lock clicking. There was silence for a few seconds. So, who wants to go first? Kent asked. <laughs> Not it. Am Jake. I one of the Burger King kids from the 90s? <laughs> you are You're so, so rad. The, You're so rad. Come to Discovery Zone. <laughs> You're like an inspiring skateboarder. Yeah. <laughs> Not it. Jake exclaimed as he dropped to the ground with his hand on his nose. Joel, it looks like it's you. Kent said. <laughs> Kent. <laughs> but I opened the last door, Joel complained. But fine. Joel slowly opened the door. <laughs> We're making you open them? Back to 1922. Oh, oh. Zach saw three doors. One in front, one to the right, and one to the left. The one in front of him had a doorknob with a hand holding a ball. Mm. The one on the right had a lock. Mm. And the one on the left didn't have anything remarkable about it. Mm. Zach closed and locked the front door and turned around to see Cruz growling at the left door as it slowly opened. Suddenly, Cruz lunged at the door, and for a brief moment, Zack thought he saw a kid opening it. What? Then Cruz slashed at the door, leaving claw marks on it. <gasps> Cruz, Cruz! Zack shouted, bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of sinking back with his tail between his legs, he continued growling at the door. <laughs> Guess I'll see what you're growling at, Zack said. Tail between my legs. As he yeah, opened the door the rest of the way. When he touched the doorknob, he felt a little shock of static electricity. The room was just a bathroom. Oh, just, that's important. Back to 2022. Jumping forward to 2022. As Joel opened the door, he felt something like claws raking across his calf, and Kent thought he saw a growling dog. Ow! Joel shouted. That hurt! Joel had blood running down his leg. This room isn't even worth it, Jake said. It's a bathroom. I'll check the door on the right, Kent volunteered, and he went over to the door with a lock on it and jiggled the handle. Never mind. It's locked. That leaves the middle door. It's Jake's turn. Fine, Jake replied. He stepped into the door and grabbed the doorknob. The ball it was holding fell out and rolled across the floor. That was creepy, Kent commented. 
Now it looks like it's reaching for us. This will now be my permanent voice on Bacon Cell. This is how I hear. This is how I hear. Here's what's cool. I have these like awesome glasses all the time. Spiky hair. Yeah, yeah. He sounds yeah. like he sounds like the exposition dump kid who gets really sick with cancer. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, jumping back to 2022. Zach saw a kid opening his living room door. Hey, he what? shouted as he grabbed the kid. Back to 2020. Probably said pardon. Wow. Let's be real. Back to 2022. Pardon me. Zach turned. Someone had grabbed his shoulder. So Zach's in 2022. Ooh, he saw two kids looking at him expectedly. Well, are you going to open it? One said. Who are you? <laughs> Zach asked. Jake, come on. Stop messing with us. He the other one said. Us. Yeah. No, really. Why are you in my house? Your house. The place is haunted. <laughs> no, I just bought it. There was a pause in the conversation. Jake, you're possessed. <laughs> the first one realized. <laughs> Back to 1922. 100 years back. Jake turned around. Someone had grabbed his shoulder, but wow. instead of seeing his friends in a, dis- and, and a dilapidated hallway, he saw a perfectly clean hallway with a dog that was growling at him. Who's? Then a cloud moved away from the moon, and there was a flicker of his two friends standing in front of him. He jumped for them, but then they disappeared just before he grabbed them, leaving him sprawled on the floor. He got up and saw his reflection in the bathroom mirror, but it wasn't him. It was someone else. Some odd person with glasses and a beard. <laughs> He's a little odd. Then he turned and saw himself by the door. He lunged for him to 2022. Can't a guy with a beard jump out of what seemed like moonlight and tackle Jake through the open door and into the darkness. He ran after after them. Jump through the open door. door. <laughs> October 31st, question mark, question mark, question mark, question <gasps> mark. We don't know when this was. Uh-huh. The next few minutes were chaos with bodies switching, fists psh, flying, psh, and psh. darkness. Get out of my house! Get out! The fight suddenly stopped, and all four looked up to behold a horrific thing. It had long, graying beard on a face that had a snout and broken glasses with a chest that split into at the bottom and had legs and arms sticking out at odd angles. And the worst part was, somehow, it looked like all four of them. What? Then it licked its lips. It had a dog tongue that looked like it was made oh, of bacon. No. Delicious. It was that action that finally broke the silence. Joel, Kent, Jake, and Zach sprinted out of the room. The space kept flickering from new to ancient and back again. Zach rammed the door and it splintered into a thousand pieces. The monster grabbed Kent and pulled him back. <gasps> ah! He screamed. Joel grabbed a metal ball off the floor and threw it at the monster. It screamed and let go of Kent as the ball connected Thanks with for its face. Yeah, again, appreciate it. Kent scrambled out the door and threw himself on the porch. When the monster tried to follow it, it couldn't find it couldn't because the moonlight hurt it and it stumbled back inside. You saved my bacon back there, Kent said. My pleasure, Joel replied. Of course it's your pleasure. They looked at each other and realized there were four kids instead of three. Wow, you look younger. Sorry I didn't catch your name, Jake said. I'm Zash, and this is Cruz. I said Zash because Zach spells his with a K. If, which it has been spelled with a K to this point. Well, I don't want to stay out here another minute. Let's go, Kent said. All four of them rode their bikes down the hill with Cruz riding with Kent and Zach riding with Jake. Oh. And I guess I got my own bike. The end. Wait, what's my kid voice? Your kid voice? Yeah. It's still the same. It's like Stewie Griffin. Oh. No. I wish I could help, but I can't do impressions. This is my dog, Cruz. <laughs> Cruz, uh, my dog. That was like Nolan-esque, you guys. There's that was. Timelines. I mean, I will say... Forth. I think Jake should have stayed back in the past, considering you've taken over. That's true. I was wondering if this was this act, the actual story of why yeah. I'm on the show right now. 
I feel like it kind of is. Yeah. I'm a little confused about the monster. It was all of us put together. Yeah. It's like the watcher in the woods. It was if we kept going, we were going to somehow merge. Oh, mm. we needed Creepy. to stop. But thank you, Brecken, for submitting that story. Yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, gentlemen, Brian Thatcher has graced us with a poem. A poem? Awesome. Yes. Seeing as how Zach Ow. is British, he should, he's writing a poem, reading a poem. How British am I? It's called Becoming. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And it was called good, for it chased away the night. The darkness was driven away from its home and took refuge underground in caves and in the tomb. Tome. The tome? <laughs> it does look weird. Whenever they, do, when they do those near no, rhymes. No, it's, it's whom in ah, tomb. Home. Mm. Whom, whom. Sorry. We're ruining poetry. Poetry on bacon sale. It has been there ever since, hidden from the skies of blue. Oh, tomb, blue. Wait, oh, here we go. Rhyming, Zach. It's, rhyming. It's been, it's been there ever since, hidden from the skies of blue, waiting, waiting, just for you. It has watched you since the day of your birth. It watched you as you grew and explored the earth. It watched as your days slowly counted down. Dark. Patiently waiting for you to be laid in the ground. Darker. As soon as you close your eyes one last time, the darkness will consume you. After adding a bit of lime. What? What? It's like, it's like guacamole. Hot Cheetos. Uh, you know, lime and the coconut. Mix it all up. It will embrace you, caress you, hold you so dear. For the rest of all time, it will always be here. You and it are now the best of friends. Best of friends. Your days together will have no end. The times you will have, oh, they will be fun. Making the strong become weak and causing the brave to run. The excitement will never stop and in time. You will forget that you loved the light once and darkness made you upset. Eventually, you too will be watching from shadowy places in closets and corners at sweet, innocent faces. You will watch with delight and from time to time whisper so quietly, someday you will be mine. And they will hear you in your farthest dreams and hear your joyful laugh above their own screams. I love it. It's good. Kind of got the chills at the end there. Well, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, darkness is scary. It's like, oh, you're part of it. We started like, Kidding around, and then we're like, "No, this is actually we all really got good. serious." We're yeah. like, "Oh no, uh-huh. creepy!" You guys read super long ones. Yeah, so I read a, sh- a short poem. That's great. Oh. Do you want me to read another short one? Yes. After that poem, I, I maybe I'm the real stories guy today. Maybe mm. another one. Joel's the voices guy, Just, apparently, <laughs> and he's so good at it. Uh, this was submitted by Jonathan Vascar. This is uh, an experience that he had. The real are, life experience. These are his words. I worked at a place that was haunted. Very caps lock capital yep, all caps. letters haunted. I have several stories of things seen, heard, and felt. Maybe one day I'll tell the other stories, but today I love it. It's like a storyteller. I will share just this one. Mm-hmm. One night I was mopping the floor downstairs. Ooh, I hate that. Yeah, is it your least favorite chore? Mm, maybe. Maybe making the bed. Mm. No, that's fine. I always got a creepy feeling in the house. So I brought a CD player. CD. It's in all caps. It would look really weird if it were lowercase. Yeah. Right? And would play Christian music. One night the radio... With arms wide open. (laughs) It's the only Christian song. (laughs) One night the radio stopped working. I unplugged it from the wall and took it upstairs. I played it and it worked fine. So I went back downstairs and it stopped playing. Mm. Dang it. At this point, I was thinking, okay, finish the mopping and get out of here. Yeah, good idea. I turned to leave, and this gray thing rushed at me. Mm. It came from nowhere. 
and it looked like a ragged blanket. Uh, Granted, it, I only saw it for a second. Like a right. mist or like yeah. a great figure. Or whoopee. It went through me, and it just felt like static electricity and left me chilled. Yeesh. I think the intent was to harm me, and my faith in Jesus protected me. I hated that place. And okay. I only worked there for three months. Only so many things a person can take. I have questions. How to build. Was that his last day of work? Oh, no. Jonathan. Was he said, last he said day I only work. worked there three months. Mm, yeah, I didn't say three months after that. Just because obviously three. he was almost done with the mopping. And then he wanted to leave that place. Was it just the downstairs? Well, I'll tell you what. If something like that happened to me, I'd definitely be like, I'm out. Goodbye. Yeah. No, thanks. Okay, I'm actually going to read a pitch that was sent in from Brian Madsen. And oh, if you guys remember, pitch, you say uh, from one of our uh, from our one fr- half of our favorite couple, couple, the Madsons. Yeah. So remember, we did the pitch show with him last year. Mm-hmm. Really fun. So he's uh, jumped in and shared his. Oh, so that I was, was the, sh- the creative writing assignment. Where yes. We remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this story is called "Don't Go Out at Night." When Franklin, played by Idris Elba. Moved out of New York due to a world like... That's your that's Idris it. Elba. No, but that's, that's his voice. That's Kent's voice. <laughs> Didn't you hear that? Wow. He's like, Idris yeah. Elba. Radical. You know, Idris Elba. He's like British, but he, you know, he's just so cool. Oh, he's British. He's British. Oh. 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 What are you two doing? <laughs> <laughs> back to, to Brian. So when Sorry. Franklin moved out of New York due to a worldwide pandemic, he thought that he would be keeping himself safe. After all, the Appalachian Mountains are far less populated. He could retire to a nice, modest home in the forest with Max, his 170-pound Newfoundland. Newfoundland. The big doggy. He's good bowies. 170 pounds? Yeah. Really? Yep. Big doggy. My parents had two. That's 340 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Kent did the math. That's the scariest part of the episode. That wasn't even an edit. That was immediate. (laughs) But was he right? (laughs) The first night in their new home, Max would not leave the front door. He would just sit and growl at the door, which is very out of character for such a docile breed. Docile? Docile? Docile. 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 Newfoundland? Docile. I'm learning a few new words today. (laughs) This continued until one night when Franklin was taking the garbage out. Max bolted out the door and ran into the woods, barking aggressively. Mm. Franklin chased after him, but he quickly lost sight of the black dog in the dark forest. He continues to run in the direction that Max was going until he hears his dog yelp in the darkness. Nope. He turns and runs in the direction of the cry, but finds nothing Hmm. it now occurs to him that he has no idea where his home is he sits on a rock to catch his breath and get his bearings (laughs) it's just it seems so mean when we read people's typos but at the same time they're there brian knows we love him yes he then notices that the forest is unnaturally silent no wind through the trees or crickets chirping absolute silence silence is creepy when the lambs are being silent the lambs clarice in the darkness, he sees the silhouette of a hulking figure with glowing eyes in the darkness. It's She-Hulk, everyone, run! <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brian. Sorry. He quickly turns on his phone flashlight and points it at the beast. His light illuminates a large, hairy creature with the head of a wolf huh? staring back at him. Blood drips from the creature's mouth as it bears its teeth no. and growls. No. All 170 pounds? It's probably full. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot of power. It's not going to eat me. I know how big that dog is. <laughs> Franklin remains completely still as the beast slowly moves closer to him. It puts its head just inches from Franklin and roars in his face. F-L-E-S. <laughs> spraying blood all over him. It then turns around and retreats into the darkness. Franklin waited until the sun began to rise before he dared move again. He eventually found his way home, and now he understood why the locals all told him not to go out at night. 
Uh, <laughs> editor's note. He then found his dog, and they were best friends, and they went <laughs> they, back to New York. They were tired together. And, and they he, beat up gangs. He was, really, he was a good boy. <laughs> his, he sees a diamond. In the arms of <laughs> the angel. How many times are we going to sing Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> on this episode? Well, this is pertinent. Brian. This next story is from someone named David Stewart. Hey. It's called Missionary Mayhem. Oh, a missionary which, story. We call that every other P-Day. <laughs> hey. Boom. Every other P-Day? Yeah, we were good on the one. You are uh, good anyway. on one. Yes. So uh, this is uh, another story with kind of a religious feel to it. Yeah, true story, by the way. True story. This is a true story from Dave. Costa Rica isn't a dangerous country. In fact, it's one of the safest in Latin America. It's a popular tourist spot full of beautiful lush rainforests and nature parks that would make a conservationist blush. And ladies! <laughs> but would you believe it if I told you it's also full of spiritual activity? Back in 1996, I had one of the most intense run-ins with the spirit world I would ever experience, and it was the beginning of many more encounters to come. Elder Jones, a pseudonym, he's not oh. going to use real names here, had just Bummer. arrived... <laughs> Because, you know, we were, I know. Oh, Elder Smith. Oh, I know an Elder Jones. <laughs> Elder Jones had just arrived in the country a few weeks earlier. It was my job as senior companion to help him adjust to the culture, learn the language, and hopefully become a successful teacher. The following occurred during the rainy season, a time when torrential rains were a daily occurrence. Because Costa Rica is so close to the equator, it gets dark pretty early. It was nearing 6 p.m., and my companion and I were on our way to our last appointment. We were soaked, windblown, and the streetlights were starting to kick in. Honestly, I'm already very uncomfortable. <laughs> Elder Jones was feeling a bit blue, having left behind his girlfriend of several years. Oh, he was so homesick, he was debating going back home. He wasn't in a great place mentally. As we arrived at Ana Catalina's home, we saw... Oh, she doesn't get a pseudonym? Elder Jones, we... we you know, a pseudonym? Did you just pseudonym? dox Ana Catalina? Apparently. Oh, wow. Well, I don't know if that's a real name. Maybe he did use it's, a pseudonym. It's a, it's a pseudonym. That's it. I'm looking up Anna Catalina in Costa Rica. I can't even say it. How wow. It just, it it's like salad dressing. That's weird. <laughs> we saw a light on the kitchen and knocked. Tap, tap, tap. That's a very light knock. Yeah, it's more like tap, 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 You know what, Joel? That was a light knock. Nice. Dave knows I like him. We heard a voice prompting us to go in. We heard a voice prompting us to go ahead and come in. As we entered the house, she told us to wait on the couch in the living room until she could get off the phone. My companion, perhaps feeling a bit vain, decided he wanted to fix his hair prior to the charla or discussion. He walked a few feet down the hallway, went into an open door with a mirror, and started fixing his hair. The nice. room was totally dark, but, but enough light entered the window that he was able to see the silhouette of what he thought was a man beginning to sit up. Oh, Ooh, Elder, I just think I woke up a brother, whispered Elder Jones in a soft voice. You're probably fine, I quit back. After a few minutes, Anna Catalina got off the phone and proceeded to speak to us. Sorry, elders, my brothers aren't home, and I know you aren't supposed to hang out with single women. We'll probably have to reschedule our lesson for another day. Why did Kent keep doing that? <laughs> we both looked at each other. Well, I was just fixing my hair, and I thought I'd woken up your brother. I'm certain I saw him shift around in his bed and sit up. Ada Kennedy started to look panicked. There might be someone in the house. I know you're not supposed to be here long, but would you please look through the house? I don't want to be in here with an intruder. Okay, so hold on. So she, what? There was not supposed to be. Yeah, they're like, the house. oh, someone in the house. Oh no, there's yeah, he the opens window. a door, sees someone stirring in a bed and sitting up, and he's like, oops, sorry. And then, you, okay. do, you ever, do you ever check your hair in the mirror of, or like in the window of a car in the parking lot, and someone's in there taking a nap? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah, and I put my, I put and that's my hand full circle and face yeah. up against <clears> it. Sorry, Mary. I wasn't sure what to do, but we couldn't leave her alone, so we decided to go to the room and check it out. Click, click, click. The light switch didn't seem to be working. What's going on, I thought. The room doesn't seem to have any power, I told her. 
That happens sometimes. The wiring in the house isn't the best. The breaker is outside, just under the window. I ran outside in the pouring rain, found the breaker, and identified the switch that had flipped. I put it back in place and saw the window light up. Back in the room, my companion and I proceeded to look through the room, and we didn't see anyone. I know someone was here, muttered Elder Jones. He then sat on the bed, rolled to an upright position, and showed us exactly what he saw in the silhouette. Uh, hold on. I don't know. He He's saw something sit up in the bed, and, and he's he like, went, you know what? I'm going to put my body where I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not smart. As he stood back up... Elder the, Jones. As he stood back up, the room began to get cold, and an electricity seemed to fill the air. It didn't feel right. Mm-mm. As the three of us looked at each other, an indigenous person from Guatemala, finished in green and blue beads, launched itself at a 45-degree angle across... Oh, you said uh, an indigenous purse, not an indigenous person. Yeah, indigenous Guatemala, purse. Right? It's like there was, he, he told me this story so before. A, a purse flew across the room, not a bag on the a ground. Person. There's a bag on the ground. And a specific launch Launched itself at a 45-degree angle across the room, hitting my companion <laughs> yeah. in the face. We looked at each other in terror. What was that? Yelled my companion. We hurried ourselves out of the room. Sitting in the living room, we knew we couldn't stay there much longer. But Anna had something perhaps a more, more disconcerting to deal with. <laughs> a night with the paranormal by herself. Oh, yeah, that's true. Can you guys do anything? She asked. My white Bible, uh, he puts that in quotes, my white Bible, it's a little handbook missionaries have. Oh, didn't, have any details, <laughs> didn't have any details. Didn't have any details. A racial term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kent. Didn't have any details about what to do when a house is inhabited by a malevolent spirit. We sang a hymn and left her with prayer, promising to stop by the next day after church. As we walked to the bus stop, I looked over at Elder Jones. His face was drained to a pale white. Like the Bible. Please, <laughs> please tell me that didn't happen. That didn't happen, right? I didn't know what to tell him other than it was an extraordinary experience. The next morning, we went to church. Anna Catalina didn't show up. Ooh. We decided it would be a good idea to swing by and see if everything was okay. We knocked on the door and her brother answered, inviting us in. Hopefully it was her brother this time. <gasps> Oh, Anna told scary. us it was. Anna told us she couldn't sleep and had stayed up most of the night in terror. Fortunately for her, there were no further visitors. Her brother, however, passed along some terrifying information. You know, elders, for the, about the last two weeks, I've awoken in the early morning hours to see an old woman standing at the foot of my bed. What? Elder Jones and I looked at her disbelief. Why old woman? Why at the foot of the bed? F L E S. It was Spanish, Kent. Oh, F A. <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I would like to say this is the last time I encountered the paranormal in Costa Rica, but it was the first of many encounters. In fact, just a few weeks later, we encountered another spirit in our apartment in the middle of the night. But that's a story for another Stop day. Stop it! I almost sound like never any story, yes, but day. that's another story. <laughs> Elder Jones ended up being an amazing missionary and stayed the full two years. A flying person in the face wasn't enough to damper his spirits. Oh. So, you know, good good ending there, but that'd ah, be creepy. Yeah, really creepy. Yeah. We yada yada over the woman at the foot of the bed. Yeah, I think we did. I too. don't know if we did because mm-hmm. hopefully she didn't make that noise. Homie, homie, what are you doing in my Indi- homie? Indigenous purse. Get out of my homie. <laughs> We're the worst. We are the worst. We have to lighten the mood though. Otherwise, it gets too spooky. Yeah. Our next story comes from Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross. He says, "My story will I will title it What Was Out There? The Background." The main player, my brother, Laren, like Darren Williams. But oh, I'm glad you read that because I was reading no. it as Duran Williams. Yeah, Laron. Dar- Laron and Duran, but it's Darren. Lar- Darren Laren. Laren. Is married with many wonderful kids. He has a few more than Joel. Wow. So, you know, let's just say he's always busy. Okay. Challenge accepted. He builds swimming pools <laughs> no. for a living, which takes him all over Utah and even onto Colorado. All right. Sp- I want a swimming pool. Spooky. The Incident. 
Laren was working over in Grand Junction, Colorado a few years back. It was soccer season, and let's get serious. Two months in winter and like a weekend in the summer are the only breaks in the madness. He writes just like he talks. Yeah. We find Laren driving from Grand Junction, Colorado to Saratoga Springs, Utah. He started the four-hour drive after a full Friday of work. His job can keep him busy till the sun goes down, so it was after dark when he began. His goal was to be back by Saturday morning to see all his kids over the age of five in their respective soccer games. For the listener that has not traveled on US 6, there is a long one-hour gap between a couple of cities that is pretty desolate. As the miles stretched on and a few oncoming headlights droned past, his long day of work started to catch up with him. The signpost up ahead read, Rest stop still 50 miles. Wait, like, rest stop like, still 50 hey, miles. Hold on, you got 50 more hey, miles. Those signs get crazy. Like, remember me. 10 miles ago? Still 50, still miles. 50 miles. Yeah. He decided to stop to rest. There, oh, at the sign. Just at the sign. Okay. He said, I'm at the sign that says 50 miles. Tell. Still. So you, you didn't wait the 50 miles, I hear. Just after the sign, more headlights from another oncoming car approached. As it came closer, he realized the car was in his lane. Ooh. Closer and closer it came as Laren kept thinking, this guy needs to get back in his lane. I think that about a lot of people's opinions, too. <laughs> uh, come on, come on. Then, oh, wait, it's me. I'm in the wrong lane. Yeesh. Laren pulled back into the right lane. He clearly needed to get off the road. Mm-hmm. He knew he couldn't make the rest stop, so he pulled Which his was still 50 miles away. 50 miles. Weird. Geographical oddity. He knew he could not make it all the way to the rest stop, so he pulled his work truck off onto the shoulder of the highway. The cold desert air required him to leave the engine on to keep the heater going. He closed his eyes and was asleep within seconds. He gave no need. He gave no heed to the empty desert lit only by stars. If there's handprints on his car when he wakes up, I tell you, close. Suddenly, a light pierced his sleep. In his tired state, he failed to lock the doors. No. Laren was so shocked, his usual wake-up swinging response did not kick in. The dome light came on as some random guy opened the door. What? Laren sat stunned as a rando climbed up onto the passenger seat. I like it's rando capitalized. Yeah, it's I like, really it's like his name. name, but it's just rando. random guy. Rando. He was middle-aged, skinny, dark hair and eyes. He was in jeans and a t-shirt with only a light jacket, definitely not dressed for the cold desert night. This guy was also highly agitated. With one hand, he grabbed the handle on the dashboard. The other hand repeatedly tapped Laren's arm. Joe, Joe, go, 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 yelled Rando. What? Laren just sat in shocked silence as Rando slowly turned his head to look at him. Now it was Rando who was surprised. Quiet and in a steady voice, he stated, you're not Joe. He then slid back out of the truck like Homer Simpson into a hedge. What? It was only now that Laren regained his composure. The engine was still on, so he dropped the truck into drive and sprayed gravel as he took off. Okay. The adrenaline boost kept him awake all the way home. Totally. Now, he does have a thing here at the end. Lingering questions. I don't think we'll ever find out who Rando was and why Joe had not met him in the middle of the empty desert. Mm -hmm. And what was out there that he was trying to get away from that Rando didn't even question getting into a truck without verifying who was driving. This is a true story that happened to my brother. And I have never stopped sharing it. It feels like a David Lynch movie. It does a little Doesn't bit. Doesn't it? Yeah. Little That's or, so or like odd. a Hitchcockian almost. Like if he would have been like, like pulled into it. If he would have been like pulled into it. Acted like, yeah, I'm Joe. Well, and then, you know, the, the follow-up here is the, uh, you know, you, you get to the rest stop and you hear on the radio or something. Yeah. That, you know. Some murder. News bulletin. This just in. This just in. Murder. We're looking for a man named Rando. 
Rando, the amazing Rando. He's like a poor man's Rambo. <laughs> Rando kills Joe. <laughs> story at five. Uh, thanks, Stephen, for sharing your brother's story. You, you've said you shared it a couple of times before. We're glad you I, should be able to share it. I don't like stuff like that. But you're in the middle of nowhere. No. Can you imagine? And unexplained I stuff happens. lose my ever-loving mind. Could yeah, you, could you imagine just having a random person get in your truck? No. Like, in the middle of I mean, a cold desert. Me driving Dude, a truck, I that's horrifying. I kind of got the chills even thinking no, about that, actually. Nope. Yeah. Mm-mm. And then the sign 50 miles later says still 50 still miles. Still 50 miles. No matter how far you drive, it's still 50 miles away. All right. Our next story, I believe it's just a story and not a true story. You guys can clarify for yeah, me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Based and on the- Zachary Deffenbaugh, this is your story and it's called Patience. Patience like in a hospital, not patience like, like having oh, patience. I need you. Yeah. No, it's I not need you. Although maybe it's a dual meaning. Patience. Patience. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. We open on a support group for people with past traumas. Dr. Mark, mid-30s, balding portly man, starts the meeting. Drama. He leads off with the normal thing they hear every week. We speak honest and truthful in these meetings, so it will truthfully help us. Dr. Mark then asks if anyone knows if Josh is going to be present at the meeting tonight. Only one of the seven chairs is empty for the meeting. Rebecca speaks first and says, I haven't seen or heard from him since last week's meeting. Frank then interjects. Can we get on with this meeting? It's not like Josh shows up every time for these things. I'm tired of waiting around for him all the time. It's a pretty good voice, Kent. I mean, I'm no Joel. <laughs> Rebecca rolls her big blue eyes. Oh, sounds pretty. Frank is a tall, muscular man. What was it like bulging? Like out of her skull. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a type. Frank is a tall, muscular man who acts as if he should be in anger management, learning coping skills to defuse himself rather than this trauma support group. Billy and Sandra stay quiet much as they have for the last several meetings. They were both relatively new to the group and hadn't opened up yet. Finally, we turn to Nathan, who is just looking off into space as if there's no one else in the room. Dr. Mark asks Rebecca to start first. She begins with the details of the night her problem began. I was going to the grocery store late at night because I was up late studying for my midterm exams. I needed a B to pass my film studies class. But while I was walking back to my car, I noticed a man was sitting in his car with his head resting on the steering wheel. It was Mary. I didn't think anything of it. It was real late, and I told myself that he was probably up cramming for exams like I was. Then, it happened. A large man stepped out from behind my Mazda and said to me, Mm. Don't scream. Just run. Mm -mm. I like the chase. That is the worst pickup line you've had. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Though everyone had heard the story before, Sandra gasped a little. Understandable. Rebecca continued. As I went to turn, I now noticed the man in his car had blood running down his neck. Mm. Why didn't I notice that before? My mama always told me to look harder at things that seem off. When I try to run, my legs well, may have well turned to jello. Next thing I knew, I was waking up in the ambulance. Sirens blazing, taking me to Big Barnes uptown. Big Barnes? Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> must be a hospital, maybe? Yeah. He must have struck me in the back of the head. Rebecca trails off, signaling that she's done speaking. Dr. She, Mark- she really needs to have a better closure than just trailing off. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those songs where just like for four minutes kind of just fades yeah. out. Yeah. The 70s were weird, man. 70s. Uh, Dr. Mark then says, thanks, Rebecca. We know that must be hard to speak about, but it's good to talk about our past so we don't let it control us. Uh, Frank decides on his own that he's talking next. You know, anger problems and all. He starts strong. Yeah, I don't know about all this past controlling us stuff, but I'll go on next. I work construction for the city and one day I was in an abandoned building down on 3rd Street. I was renovating the place. The mayor has this like revitalize the town project and this was my chance to prove myself to my boss. I kind of sound like Kent from that story grown up. (laughs) If I could turn this old motel into a nice new movie theater, offering something fun into our community. 
I thought that would surely bring in new people to our little town. I wanted to prove that we could earn a little revenue. And in return, maybe Mr. Mayor would bring back some of our other projects. Anyways, like I was saying, I was tearing out a wall when I noticed something weird down below. There was a light coming from under the wall. As I moved closer, I realized there was a completely hidden room under the check-in desk at the hotel. I dug deeper and found there was a trap door with a big padlock on it. I got my crowbar to break the padlock off, of course. And when I finally got that big, heavy door off, the foulest thing I ever smelt came tumbling through. Pineapple. Oh, is, it, is pineapple the foulest smelling thing to you? Worse than there. mango? Meh. Mango smells worse. It's like bath water. <laughs> um, honeydew that's been cut save, for guys, longer than two Oh, honeydew that's been Save it for our fruit tearing show. Because oh. the CDs, the little CDs are in there. Mm, Ew. Move they're on. fleshy. I thought that maybe an animal died down there. Yeah, it's pineapple. Or cantaloupe. Yeah, <laughs> it's cantaloupe. The next thing I know, I hear a deep voice whisper in my ear. You can never tell anyone. What kind of deep voice was that? You oh, went yeah. higher. Oh, oh. You can never tell anyone. You can never tell anyone. You're never gonna tell anyone. <laughs> why? Why? Why were the Bee Gees all you of a sudden? You can never tell anyone. Better. So I do what anyone would do and turn around to face my challenger. Oh, he's ready for a fight. When I turn around, I quickly see this huge man dressed in army green with a mask covering his face. Before I could sock him first, he quickly knocked me out and threw me in a rotting hole in the floor. I don't know how long I was down there, but eventually I crawled out. Frank nods at Dr. Mark, indicating that his story is complete. He, he didn't trail off. He didn't trail off. He nodded yeah. like, I'm done. Yeah, that's good communication. Take even notes, though it's Frank. Rebecca. <laughs> She's in trauma. He doesn't like when Dr. Mark reacts in any way to his story. Frank is here because his wife sends him, not because he needs it. Dr. Mark shifts. I would like to be Frank's wife. I know, right? Dr. Mark shifts the focus to Billy and Sandra. Are you guys ready to share? They both say so close to the same time that Dr. Mark wonders if they might share a brain. No, no not, not yet. yet. Dr. Mark then turns to Nathan, the last person to share for the evening. Nathan is still looking out the window, just gazing at the cloudless night sky. So he must be done talking too then. Yeah, oh, he's, he's never actually spoken up probably. Yeah. Nathan quickly shakes off his gaze, responding, Okay, Doc, I'll go. I was just doing some door dashing on the side to save up money to get out of this gosh forsaken town. Thank you for family friendly yet? Just the idea of being here the rest of my life doesn't sound like a good dream to live. Or at least, not the dream my mom and pa ever hoped for me. So I took on a... Do you like how I all of a sudden go Southern when I say Well, it's because you got the cue. And that's, his, that's his language now. So I took on a couple side jobs to help get money for an apartment in Bloomsburg. It's just an hour down the road, but it's better than this small town. At least there's a Walmart and a Dollar General. <laughs> Dollar General. Dollar that's, General. That's a landmark. Gives me a little more flexibility with shopping. Anyway, while I was door dashing that night, I went to deliver some Mexican food to, to my last stop of the night. That's when it happened. Never get the last Mexican nope. food stop of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, basically a slogan for every Mexican place. The address was wrong or something. I thought it was weird that Google Maps had me go in a weird way. I don't know. So I stopped at the gas station to see if the guy behind the counter had heard of the address. He told me it was just a little further down the road and to hang a left at the town sign. When I arrived at the house, some of the lights were out. The door was open. The place looked like it had just been robbed. Shells knocked over and the food was all thrown about. Then the door dinged and everything went black. Nathan looks out the window again. Oh, so yeah. And Dr. Mark realizes that's where he's going to stop his story tonight. Really? These we people, need to talk. They people. Need have communication. Yeah. I am done. That's what you should say. I am now finished. End of story. Dr. Mark thinks to himself, someday, maybe someday, everyone will get past their trauma. All I can do is keep showing up. Then to his group, he says his final words for this week's meeting. Just keep on remembering and replaying what happened to you and it will get better. That's horrible advice, by the way. I feel like that's wrong. He's not a therapist. (laughs) The more you go over everything in the most detail you can, the easier it will all become. Maybe next week, Josh will join us and listen and finally decide to share a story. The group grumbles. 
They all know that won't happen. Next, the scene pans to a dark cellar lit only by a candle. Josh wakes up, chains around his arms and legs, with only a mattress to call his own under the old motel. He grunts and says, These dang dreams again. I don't know what having dreams like this means. I agreed to see Dr. Mark because I thought it would make them stop. But now he's gone for two weeks and I'm still plagued with the nightmares. Just then he catches his reflection in a small mirror. He brought back with him the last time he broke free of his self-imprisonment. His dark side whispers to him, It's time to find another friend for our group. Dr. Mark is ready for a new patient. Oh, yeah. Josh. Wait, wait, are you done speaking? Oh, hold on, hold on. Dr. Mark window. is ready for a new patient. If you want to like, go to that group, you can like, call them at this number. It's, it's ah, Ken must be done talking. Oh, sorry, it's Rebecca. Rebecca was telling yeah, the end tra- of that story. Tra- 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 Oh, I like that. I do, but I have questions. I, I want to talk to Zachary Duffenbach about that. And yeah. Meaning like the two that share a brain. Well, no, it's just essentially the, like the, it's a thing where I'm, I'm I kind of get what's going on that this guy, Josh, is is he's the one that's caused all these trauma to other people. But just how and why? Well, Dr. Mark obviously has set this up because he and he wants people to keep reliving the fear of this guy that has haunted them. I don't know for what reason. Yeah. Free donuts at the, the meeting, maybe Ooh. free coffee and donuts. Yeah, would be good. Yeah, I liked it, though. Next is a shorter story from Annika Finley. My family and I were at Leslie's family tree for my dad to record a podcast. This, nice. this is a true story. This, this, yes. this is a story. There's a the thing that happened to a person. Family tree restaurant, by the way. Not the Double Tree Hotel. <laughs> it was absolutely freezing. Many paranormal things were happening throughout the entirety of the afternoon. I had never had anything paranormal happen to me that I could remember. Uh, after the podcast was over, my parents had been down in the basement, which is where the most activity happens. So everyone who was an adult went down into the basement and unintentionally left me cuddled up in a blanket upstairs by myself. That's cozy. All right. I was sitting in the middle of a room, not knowing what to do. As I was sitting there staring at the walls, I felt a heavy presence of someone else there with me that was unfamiliar. Max. Then... I heard a deep and guttural growl to my left and above me. This growl is impossible to describe. She just described it. It's a deep and guttural growl. Honestly, no description of this growl will do it No, she said uh, deep and guttural. (laughs) Annika. But those who have heard it will know what I'm talking about. You described it very well, though. (laughs) As I turned to look at where the sound came from, I started to hear the sound of the growl and mumbling circling around me. I was terrified, but I stuck in my position. Her political position. I had position. no idea what to do. Then I heard a scream come from the basement. That solidified my fear, and I broke down into tears. My parents came upstairs to me crying, and I couldn't speak because I was so scared. It ended up getting so intense that another person that was there with us had to get a priesthood blessing, and I ended up getting saged before we left. It's like hazing, but with weeds. It's <laughs> like sage. They burn it. It's like incense. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. But yeah. Oh. That's freaky. Yeah, true story right that's there. That's the thing is, it's scary enough, but I can only imagine if, if uh, it was actually that happened, happened to me. Yeah, because she's already on edge because there's the, the growl, right? Yeah. Circling around her and then, and then you then hear the scream. scream. Oh, that would terrify me. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm going to read a story, and I think this is a true story from Chad Illum, and it's called Amy's Cage. And Chad, if you're out there, tell me if it's true or not. In high school, I had a lot of friends that were really into Halloween and scary stuff. We came across a list of haunted places around our area and decided my senior year to do a tour of terror. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. There was a list of six places to go check out at midnight sometime in the month of October a friend of ours gave to us. Most were creepy, but not haunted or particularly scary. There was a lake where multiple children over the years had drowned and were purported to haunt the shores. 
One night, we toured the haunted school one evening after a Halloween play we had put on. We even visited an occult cement. Oh, I thought I was going to cement cemetery. <laughs> yep. Cement. Cement. Can't, can't pronounce cement. Let's <laughs> go for cemetery. Cement cross yeah. that had been blown up by a crazy neighbor of the owner back in the 80s. But nothing was as scary as Amy's cage. And there's our setup. I'm not even sure how we knew where this place was. We had no address, just some directions a friend of mine had acquired from some stranger who told us to go the night of a full moon. Don't listen to strangers no. when you travel in the night of a full moon. In Riverdale near the old Motor View Drive-In Theater. Rest in peace. I've been there. There's an old yellow house in a field tucked back in the neighborhood and not easily accessible for most roads. The story of this house is that it was a site of some ritual where some cult members had kidnapped a young girl named Amy Yikes, is this real? And kept her prisoner in a dog cage to act as a vessel in their rituals? This is this is the rumor uh, about the house. Oh, okay, phew. Yeah. So I feel okay reading it now that it's yeah, a rumor. Yeah, because it's not like a news story you're reading here. Okay. You're re- this is like the rumors uh, about the house. You hope. I hope. A type of voice for the ghost they were trying to communicate with. And this is Amy as the vessel. Legend has it during one of the rituals, the ghost that possessed Amy had been the cult member's previous victim and imbued her with the power she used to eviscerate her kidnappers, leaving no trace of them. Yikes. She then disappeared into that other realm and haunts the old house to this day. Being the stupid high school kids we were, we decided to go to the house, of course, yeah. and see who could get into the get the furthest into the house and stay in it the longest. When we got there, most of the group chickened out, refusing to enter. The house was a run-down old farmhouse. Windows boarded up, the garage had collapsed, and had burn marks from some fire that had long since been put out. The door was oddly open when we arrived, as if someone was already there. The entire plaque felt oddly cold and just not right place obviously but being competitive i walked in and started up the stairs determined to last a full minute in the house knowing my friends wouldn't walk this far in or stay that long the stairs were right at the entrance of the house with a window above the entrance shining moonlight onto them as you approached a friend of mine begged the three of us that were planning to go in not to go through with it didn't you see the windows we pulled up someone's in there and whoever that is it can't be someone you want to come across this place feels wrong can't you feel that she said, oh, it's a, it's a girl. I wish we had listened. You don't come face to face with those from the beyond without undergoing a change in your mind. Mm-hmm. I walked up the stairs, turning back to the door to gloat to my friends at my victory. Both of my friends who had entered stopped just inside the threshold. I walked up the remaining three steps backwards and reached the landing. To my right, I heard a shuffling. Mm. As Every turned- day he hears a shuffling. <laughs> 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 blah, 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 blah. What was that noise? The horn? (laughs) And as I turned my head, a shape shuffled along the floor towards me, Mm. its eyes glowing gray through the darkness. I sprinted down the stairs and out the door, tumbling with my friends out of the house and into our cars, where we quickly drove away. As we drove off, I looked back and saw the door was closed. Had one of my friends closed it as we left? Amy's cage burned down a few years later, or so I was told. In my mind, I can still picture the house, and oddly, I can see those eyes staring out the window of the room at the end of the hall, where I saw the shape lunge for me. I can feel the aura of the house around me as I think about it, stifling, cold, and wrong. The end. Uh, Chad, thank you for that true story. It's kind of horrifying, actually. Kind of creeped me out. And I think I know the area you're talking about, too, so it kind of gave me the chills thinking of that. So do you think the house isn't there? Or, like, obviously Chad went to the house, yeah, and then the house may not be there? I, Chad, we need to know. Yeah, we need to know. There's no way of knowing. Okay, guys. It's our final story of the night. 
And once again, everyone who has given us stories, thank you yes. so thank much. You. We're sorry. Awesome. We're sorry we couldn't get to them all. We are going to release an extended version with a couple more. Yeah. But uh, you can listen to that patreon.com slash bacon. So we'll have a, we'll put a few more in there. But yeah, we're sorry we couldn't read them all, but we appreciate you submitting them. And we did read them all. Yes. And ourselves. we're going to finish the Halloween season with one final story. And this is by Sean Sanquist. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but there were a lot of great stories last year. Sean's really stood out. It was really actually horrifying. Four years ago? Which is four years ago. <laughs> last year was four years ago. Yes. So Sean's story is called The Inside Out Man. Isn't that starring Denzel Washington? And uh, Amy Poehler, actually. Yeah. The father awakened to the sound of his son's piercing scream. He turned over to his other side. The other half of the bed was still made, a silent reminder of his wife's passing. Aww. He could still faintly smell her perfume on the pillow, and the grief that had been shrouded by his sleep came rushing back all at once. He rubbed his eyes to wipe the tears away and clear his vision and got up out of the bed. He sprinted across the hall, opened his son's door, and turned on the light. The son shuddered and cried as his father rushed over to embrace him. Between his son's sobbing breathing, he whispered the words, The inside out man is back. The father held his son tight and told him that he must have been having a nightmare. This was the third time in the last two weeks that his son had awakened from a similar dream. He attributed the night terrors to his son's grief for his mother, and he felt sad about how the loss had affected both of them. The father stayed with his son and held him until he fell asleep. He then tucked his son's arms under the covers, shut off the light, and closed the door quietly. The boy woke up later that night and realized his father had returned to his own room. He shuddered, and his vision began to adjust to the obscurity around him. His room felt so cold, and he pulled his blanket up to his neck to stay warm. I do that? Yeah, me too. You don't want the monsters to get you. I just want to stay warm. He looked over at his dresser next to the window and then shifted his gaze over to the closet. Once again, like before, the closet door was ajar. I hate that. Yeah, I say you hate, you, you close your closet yep, every night. Yep. Yeah. I am very superstitious that way. He knew he had closed it before going to sleep. He peered over at the corner of the room and once again saw the imposing dark figure appear in the shadows. Always staring and always breathing. The sound of its breathing wasn't natural. These were deep, grating, suffocating gasps for air. As the boy's eyes adjusted even more, he could start to make out the face, or at least the place where the humanoid figure's face should be. He could see the dark pits it had for eyes and the gaping holes on its face that replaced a mouth and nose. Worst of all, the creature's skin was slimy and reddish pink, as if a layered flesh had been pulled away from it like a glove pulled off of a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. you remember that? I was going to say, isn't there an Inside Out Kid in the Pee Wee's Playhouse? It's like a clay Yeah, I think cartoon. so. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm picturing, but creepier. Something was different this time. In past encounters, the creature seemed to stay in the corner and stare blankly. That's bad enough. And it would be gone by the time the boy's father came to check on him. This time, it moved its head and took a calculating look at him as if it noticed the boy for the first time. He then saw one of the creature's legs emerge from the shadows and take its first wobbly step toward him. Joel! <laughs> I'm adding breaths for fun. I am freaking out here. <laughs> Never add breaths for fun. Its legs' pallor matched its face, and it looked to be made of nothing but sinewy muscle and bone. A thin, shiny layer of blood seemed to coat the creature's entire body. The boy tried to find his voice to scream, but remained paralyzed in his fear. The hulking monster took another shaky step towards the boy's bed, and then another. The boy quickly covered his head with his blanket, laid on his back, and pulled it taut over his entire body. He heard the soft, padded footsteps on his floor, the bones cracking against the surface with each step. They slowly made their way over and stopped next to the side of his bed. 
he heard the shaky breathing directly above him, and he began to weep silently. Suddenly, an inhuman force pressed against the blanket directly above his face. The boy pushed back against the force and could feel that it was the creature's face pressing up against the covers. He felt its hot breath on his hands. And the wet surface of the creature's skin began to seep through the blanket and dampen it. The boy finally summoned the courage to scream, and the pressure against his hands lifted as the figure withdrew itself. The father ran to his son's room again. He thought about how tired he was and how he couldn't keep entertaining these exhausting night episodes from his son. He opened his door and flicked on the light switch but the room remained dark. He shrugged it off and made his way to his son's side. The son didn't say a word, but slowly lifted his hand and pointed a shaky finger at the closet on the opposite side of the room. The father slowly turned his head to where the son was pointing. The closet door was wide open and hanging on its hinges, and it was pitch black on the inside. The father stood cautiously, gave his son a reproachful look, and walked over to the doorframe. The inside of the closet remained just as obscure as he neared it, his eyes never adjusting to be able to see the interior. The doorway appeared to be engulfed by a black darkness, a tangible void. Ooh, good sense. The father slowly reached his hand toward it and was shocked to see it disappear beneath the dark surface. He moved to back away from it, but from the void, a bony hand reached out and grasped his wrist with a strong, cold grip. He looked at the hand and could see blood vessels, muscle, and bone. It had a pungent smell of rot, and it felt clammy and slick. He fearfully stepped back and tried to pull away, but the unseen force was stronger and it dragged him into the void. The son proceeded to scream again, but this time there was no one to hear him. From the darkness, the inside-out man emerged. The surface of his fleshy pink face was slick with fresh blood, the eye holes empty black pits that endlessly stared. The gaping hole it had for a mouth stretched into the shape of a smile. Between its heavy <laughs> breathing, that's Joel's smile sound. That's a smile breathing. Between its heavy breathing, it produced a deep, guttural shriek. I don't know if I can do that. Ah! It cannot be explained. It tilted its head back, the mouth hole widened, and the tone of the scream shifted to a higher range. The terrified boy had a visceral reaction to the noise. The deafening sound it made mimicked the same horrific scream he had heard from his mother right before her accident. Oh, come on. The sound abruptly stopped. The figure took another deep, raspy (gasps) breath and then released a demonic, taunting laugh. It sounded as though multiple deep voices were laughing in unison. I can't do that. The room grew dark as a black void flooded out of the closet, engulfing the room and enveloping everything in it, including the boy. The only sound that could be heard in the darkness was the unnatural breathing. And then silence. Happy Halloween, kids. Is it Thanksgiving yet? Yay. (laughs) Sean, that was freaking awesome. That was dark, man. It was great. Sean, I I loved it. I have a question for you. I have questions. Uh, Number one, Sean, are you happy? (laughs) (laughs) You okay, buddy? That was great. Ah, That was wonderful. That was a downer. I mean, it was scary, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Freaking awesome. You guys are the best. Yes. Thank you for submitting your stories. Like we said, we, we, we couldn't get them all to them here, but you can find an extended version with a few more uh, on patreon.com slash bacon cell uh, where you can get all sorts of perks there. But that's one of them you're going to get is an extended version of this episode. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who submitted a story and uh, hopefully get some inspiration for the next time we do this. Yeah. In four years. Yeah. Maybe in four years. <laughs> but before we go, we'd like to thank some of our patrons, including Adam and Rachel Crump, Alicia Bass, Andrew Dancing Through the Fire, Angela Plotz. Braden Winterton, Casey Cummings, Dave Kelly, Debbie Foster, Jennifer Kokowski, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Lady Terry Finley, Rocky and Steph, Ryan and Marley, Sir and Madam Hicks, and The Devil Exists, God Exists, and For Us as People, Our Very Destiny Hinges on Which, which We Decide to Follow, Scott Sprague from The Conjuring. 
And then we have our bacon council, which includes Allison Gall. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> the yeah, kids back. back. <laughs> Guys, kids back. It's awesome. <laughs> Silly sack. Our bacon council, which includes Allison Gall, Glowkling Daniel, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Johnny English the Brick, Nicole sitting in the Sinbin Hale, our favorite couple, the Mansons, Spencer Myers, Star Wars expert Kyler, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, the one, the only Chris Anderson, and Baker. Nice. Thank you, patrons. You are the scary to our stories. You are the inside out to our man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yep. And thank you once again for, for submitting your stories. Truly. And listener, once you've listened to this, let us know on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter which ones you liked, which ones you enjoyed, which ones gave you the creeps. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, they're pretty sweet. It's at ShowtimeShowdown.com. Clearly. And if you want to find me, <laughs> you can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Mustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and go to at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale, where you can get yourself a t-shirt and all sorts of other stuff. And then if you like what's going on here, you'll want to support us further. You can go to patreon.com slash Bacon Sale, where support starts at just three bucks a month. You can get access to all sorts of goodies we've already talked about on this episode. Let's be honest. Patreon.com slash Bacon Seal. So until next time, I declare this meeting of the Bacon Society closed. Splash! Why did we wait so long? It didn't go so well. <laughs> Here we go. Time to read. And oh, <laughs> but it was closing time and we had already turned off the hot trays. This is made it oh, more, I'm sorry. I'm more so, difficult. I'm sorry. I did that one. <laughs> I can't did it. see the grays and blacks. I <laughs> would do it. It made it worth whale. A whale of a tail. Whale. Tail. <laughs> so, who wants to go first? Am Jake. I one of the Burger King kids from the 90s? <laughs> you are You're so, so rad. You're so rad. Come to Discovery Zone. <laughs> You're like an inspiring skateboarder. Yeah. Sounds like the exposition dump kid <laughs> who gets really sick with cancer. Jake, you're possessed. <laughs> Get out of my house. Get out. Brush. Get brush. Oh. 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 That's 340 pounds. <laughs> She's a diamond. Brie. We call that every other P day. <laughs> hey. Boom. You know what, Joel? That was a light knock. F A. What was there like bulging? Like out of her skull. I'm into it. Don't scream. Just run. I like the chase. Ken, that is the worst pickup line you've had. Doctor, she, she really needs to have a better closure than just trailing <laughs> off. You can never tell anyone. You can never tell anyone. You're never gonna tell anyone. Yeah, that's good communication. Take Even notes, though it's Rebecca. <laughs> this growl is impossible to describe. She just described it. It's a deep and guttural growl. Make sure you get breath right. You get that eight. Okay, yeah. Between his... Okay. Between... <laughs> his name was Robert Paulson. Uh, between... <laughs> okay, guys. Let's... Ah. Uh, <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. You guys... Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to say breathing, just so you guys know. It's going to be breathing. Hi. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> 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 Hogwart Hedlig. You just add an L to everything to protect us? <laughs> the night blessing. <laughs>
after eating them. I'm down. Swedish. Are, Swedish fish are dead when I eat them? Most food you eat is dead when you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Some dark cash flash. <laughs> <laughs> what is their weakness? Guns. Guns. <laughs> Miss. Ah, my weakness, guns. Ah, you knew my one weakness. Guns. I'll get you next time. Ah, oh. Skell, Elton. <laughs>